It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 17th of March. The NBA scheduling questions that are out there, we address it and look at what the possibility of a brand new NBA schedule would do. Craig Bowlerjack joins me for part two of our interview. We realize we're getting caught up in the Twitterverse. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! I always ask you how you are. It feels like that's a silly question. Things are strange. Things are different. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeking numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan and hopefully bringing us all together, giving us some feeling of community and release away from what's taking place out there in the world right now in this kind of scary new experience we're all having. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate the, I got a lot of comments from people yesterday on, on the Twitter thing. Um, And I appreciate everybody kind of saying, thanks for having the shows. We're going to do our best. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And you certainly have done that because we vaulted into the top hundred of the iTunes charts yesterday. So uh, thank you very much for propelling us up there. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is continuing. Locked On NFL Draft. Locked On Patriots could be pretty interesting today. Locked On Chargers might be super interesting today as well. Uh, so lots of different shows out there for you, and we're excited to have be bringing it to you and keeping the sports fans uh, connected. We've got a whole uh, – we've built an entire broadcast schedule. So uh, hopefully we'll be bringing you high-level content. Uh, I, I was uh, just trying to leave a little – like smile on someone's face before we dig in. Uh, and Craig Bullerjack will be with us here in a minute. Is I was saying that the birth rate in December and January, probably January if it's 40 weeks of next year, uh, will be something else. Uh, and then uh, someone else pointed out to me that the divorce rate might be as well with everybody being self-quarantined and uh, in the house all the time. So uh, two, two social uh, tr- trends to keep an eye on uh, to see if those actually take place. Hopefully only one of the two. Um, but it would be cu- we'll be curious to see if, you know, January and February, 40 weeks from now, we suddenly have all sorts of, oh, so-and-so's having a baby. Yeah, right. Um, all sorts of NBA babies will be, be right. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, so... There's an interesting concept. I mean, nobody really knows when we're getting back at it, but the one of the things that's being talked about is, well, what happens if the NBA gets going sometime in May again and then you start the NBA playoffs in mid-June? Like, what happens? Like, how do you get back on track ever? Uh, one idea, and I think there is a feeling that Adam Silver as commissioner has been dying to try new things, dying to spice up the game a little bit. And maybe the underlying opportunity here is to do that. Bobby Marks tweeted out the other day the idea that we would start the playoffs in, if it's possible, in mid-June. And then the finals would start in early August and end in mid-August. The draft would be at the end of August. Free agency, like, you know, so instead of, June 25th, you'd suddenly have August 25th as the draft. Instead of July 1, you'd suddenly have September 1 as free agency. Instead of Summer League being 
in June, you'd have it in September, which is a better time to be in Vegas, but probably a worse time for uh, the league because you're now up against football. Training camp opens in December and the regular season opens December 25th. You play all 82 games and then that's your new schedule. You finish again in mid-June. You have the playoffs be June through August and you have the NBA finals in early August. I'm curious on what people's thoughts are. So I'll give a few here. The one thing, and it was talked about at Sloan uh, Conference, is the idea of doing something of this sort. It's, you know, And I do feel like there is a possibility that I do think that sometimes that the NBA, that they use Sloan to float ideas. So, you know, there was a, a kind of story out of Sloan this year uh, on March 6th, which was only 11 days ago, seems like a long time ago, from the Atlanta Hawks CEO who was wondering whether or not we should shift the season from mid-October to mid-December. Uh, the idea is you're no longer clashing with NFL and instead you're going up against Major League Baseball, which is fading badly, in this, and particularly in the demographics uh, where the NBA is. Uh, this also might change what All-Star Weekend is, and now you get into the tournaments and uh, all the very... You can do a bunch of different things in that regard to, to what you uh, talked about. Uh, so that's the idea. I think the positive is that. The positive of this is that you're not competing with the NFL and college football anymore and you give them that sports world from a sports fans concept if we're football and basketball fans you now have from the beginning of September all the way through to middle of June uh or excuse me till August of pretty good coverage and your only time where you probably don't have any real sports is the beginning of September when the NBA free agency is going on so if those are your two major sports that are carrying you then you're you're actually covered for the whole year. It would be really hard on the players who have kids. Now, that's probably not a huge percentage, but if you suddenly are supposed to have your kids in, Sept- in school in September, you're now having to live in your NBA city from September through June while they're in school, and the, ga- and the season doesn't start till December. It would also be strange on NBA play-up pickup games. Like, the, p- the players have a rhythm to what they do, they, they go into the offseason and they play at all these various gyms across the country and then the college kids go back to school and when the college kids go back to school in September, then all of a sudden the NBA players head back around Labor Day to their cities and they start playing in their own gyms kind of in a semi-organized fashion. Uh, this would also be interesting because you would have March Madness, and I wonder what the NBA would do. Like, March Madness would fall right around our All-Star weekend. So do we do some bracket on the backside of March Madness and create some sort of event in that regard? Uh, summer playoffs is interesting from a kid's standpoint. Like, the complaint all the time on our playoffs is that it's too late and kids can't stay up at night to watch it. Well, if your playoffs are starting in middle of June when everyone's out of school to early August, then, you know, the kids that want to stay up and watch, they can. 
Uh, there's always been a complaint that you don't get really good TV audience for that because of the fact that it's during summer and people are outside and they're not watching TV enough, so it would hurt your TV ratings. I don't know if I think that's entirely true. Uh, there is something, and I don't quite understand this, that you're not actually fighting the sitcom regular schedule. Like the sitcom schedule in the summer is a little off. They don't always put out new shows. That TV is very different during that time period, so maybe there's a little less entertainment to fight. Um, I would suggest, actually, that you push this back a little further. I, I would say that you start it in mid-December and then kind of you have a few games and then the kickoff is really Christmas Day where we have the national TV audience and all of that taking place. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I actually go back to the lockout year we had a few years ago, and I did think when we went through that, I didn't think the back-to-backs and the three games and the 66-game schedule was necessarily the answer but I did kind of, I did feel while we were in the midst of that 2011-2012 season that there was something to that. Uh, if you recall, we started December 27th that year, right after Christmas, and then we went on. Now play, we played a ton of four games and five nights, and we did all sorts of terrible things, and so and we we finished the season on April 26th and played 66 games. That's probably not the answer. But I do think, I actually would say December 15th start. Get a few games under your belt. Then play the big ones on Christmas Day. Kick in the season there. You lose the focus of the fan base during March, during the NCAA tournament. You regain it in April and May for the playoff, and then the playoffs are June. I'd be curious to know as a fan, as a season ticket holder or a ticket buyer, like it less, like it more, better for your kids, worse for your kids. I don't know. Give me your thoughts on it. I think it's at least interesting. It's probably something uh, worth talking about a little bit. All right, that is a thought or two for you. Craig Bowlerjack joins us coming up, and you'll hear Craig and I get caught up in the negativity of the Twitter world and then realize it. That's what's coming up. Uh, Spa Via in Sandy is still open and there for you and maybe really important right now with the stress level everyone has and a great chance to get away and relax. They're taking all the appropriate precautions for you and it is available. 102nd South State Street. Uh, Give them a call. 801-424-7566. And then we have an amazing deal for you today. And that... uh, the 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 deal is is incredible. So we talk about half price. Well, it's really like half price of half price uh, for everybody out there. So here here's what we have for you. The the treatments are half price if you tell them we're the Locked On Jazz listener. And their regular treatments, like their $109 service. I went in the other day and got a massage from Donette. It was incredible. And I mean, it was it was a multi hundred dollar experience. If you're doing it somewhere else, that. $109 service right now is $54.50. The $89 massage for you is $44.50. Tell them you're with Locked On Jazz. Give them a give Spa Via a call. It might be the perfect release or uh, everyone's pent up right now. You know, 801-424-7566. That's 801-424-7566. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Craig Bullerjack back with us. Nice enough to spend day two with us. Uh, building off our conversation from yesterday, I said that there were three things you really kind of, I, I buckled at the end of trying to explain. Here's the three things I think happened in this expectation game that you've brought up so well. One is, I think, the expectation of how much, as I said, an individual player changes the landscape, I think is less than people realize. Um, because only very few move it. Huge moves. Number two is we got better and so did four other teams or three other teams in the Western Conference. Maybe even. I'm glad you made that. Right? I'm glad you said that was number two. Absolutely. And so I, and I'll let you build on that and I'll, and I'll share number three in a second. Um, I, I think that we got excited. I did too about our team. Um, ignoring how much better the Lakers are and the Clippers are and you know, maybe the Rockets are or not with Russell Westbrook or certainly how much better the Thunder have turned out to be. Like, I think we ignored it in that landscape. Denver also is in that conversation, and I thought Dallas maybe would uh, take a tug, and maybe they would if the season would continue uh, with uh, Porzingis and Luka. Uh, But you make a great point that it started last year when you have Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant both injured. And what happens is, and you and I have had this discussion, is that general managers knew this would be the time that if Golden State's dynasty had, is taking a, a back seat or has crumbled, we'll have to wait and see because Steph had just returned before this, uh, this shutdown had occurred. But the excitement in the West, we felt it, we knew it, that this was the time that multiple teams were going to make some bold, multiple moves, and the Jazz were very much involved in that. And so your point is well taken. Not only did the Jazz actually get better, um, but also the rest of the West did as well. And so it almost makes what happened last year neutralizes some of it, don't, David, in some ways. Where the Jazz were, they're still, they still are. They're still battling. It's very close. If you look at the Western Conference standing – just games and half a game separates, you know, spots one through eight, nine and 10. And that's kind of the way that people expected it to be. Uh, but the Jazz would be on a higher level than they are right now at number four. Still number four. Think about that. Number four in the West, considering what this team has been through and the 19 of 21 and then dropping four, then winning four, dropping five, winning four. It's still an amazing thing that Quinn's been able to keep this team together to, to, to be in a four spot in a home seat if, uh, if we started the playoffs today. But, I, I, you know, David, you're right. I mean, look look at what the Lakers did. Look what Clippers – what the, the Denver is just solid and steady. OKC's better than I thought they would be. And I, I didn't really know if the Harden-Westbrook ex, uh, experiment would actually work. It didn't work for him and Chris Paul. 
But Paul seems to be more focused in Oklahoma City than any of us thought, with Schroeder coming off the bench as well. So, I mean, there's all sorts of great storylines of this season uh, with every team. Uh, Portland, I thought, would be a little stronger. But, again, they've been trying to work that out with McCollum and and, uh, and Damian for years, but they just don't have that next piece to, to really make them into the, the top eight. Here's, so, I mean, there's stories and stories and stories to go through. There's a third piece to it, but and we'll get to it in a second. Here's yeah. the one where if I'm a Jazz fan, I'm saying, hey, guys, you're not you're not paying attention to this. And I, I think this is true. This is legit. The Lakers are 19 and 10 against above 500 teams. The Clippers are 19 and 12 against above 500 teams. The Nuggets are 18 and 12 against above 500 teams. The Rockets are 16 and 11 against above 500 teams. We're 13 and 14. Like, that's the one where we just haven't shown that. And now, maybe we don't have James Harden. We don't have LeBron and Anthony Davis. We don't have Kawhi and Paul George. Like, maybe that's where we have to, you know, Den- give Denver credit. They just find a way to win, and Nikola Jokic is that good. Maybe that's where we have to be a little honest about who we are. I don't know. But that's the number every night I have that on my prep sheet. I On every game mm-hmm. sheet, you and I have certain things we all have. And I put that one in every night. And, you know, when we play the Raptors and they're 16 and 13 and we play the Bucks and they're 18 and 10 and we played Miami and they were 19 and 11 and we actually got them. That's the one that jumped. Like Oklahoma City is 10 and 19 against above 500 teams. Okay, they're not part of the group. Like they're not. Dallas is 14 and 18 against above 500 teams. They're not quite part of the group. We're not quite part of the group either at 13 and 14 against above 500 teams. I think that's the item that is left there. And, and, I, and I think, I don't know what that is. Like is that just that? We're not quite there. Is that that Donovan is in his third year still and James Harden is in his, what, ninth and LeBron's in his 16th and Kawhi's got a championship and is like his 10th? Like, I don't know what that is, but that to me is the one little item that if I, on this season, which has been, gosh, I thought we were a part of that group and maybe we're not quite a part of that group. I think that group is more, much more consistent because we have won games. Here's a strange one, too. Lose it home to Boston, go to Boston and win. You know, and I think, again, that's where you, know, you scratch your head and go, what could be if, they, if it was a more consistent uh, performance on a given night? Uh, and that equals to me, as you know, David, in this league, the three-point shot is so important in consistency, and the Jazz have been leading the pack most of the season in percentage from downtown and the fact they can play at the rim with Gobert, but it's a very delicate balance. Would you not agree with this franchise? If they're on, they're on. If they're off, it seems like the entire team kind of goes the other way on a given night. And if Gobert's not fed the ball, then, of course, those those points at the rim fall off dramatically. It's really a ver- – I think this team has a more delicate balance than that higher level of teams that you just went, that you just went through, which equals consistency to me. But – they seem so close, and I think that's probably is what the driving force with this fan base is, is that the expectations, again, I go back to that, are high because they've seen it, but not on a consistent basis, and that's where the frustration comes into play. And the equivalent franchise in the Eastern Conference is probably Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Made a bunch of moves, added go. Al Horford, added, kept Tobias Harris, has a third-year star in Ben Simmons, has a fifth-year star in Joel Embiid. Like, they're amazingly similar to who we are. And what are they going through? Something very similar to what we're going through. This It is hard, hard work to win in this league. And I think we're seeing the, you know, I was talking to Donovan 
not don't worry, not for more than 15 minutes, and we weren't within six feet. No, this was a while back. Um, and I just said to him, do you still feel like you're dealing with everything for the first time? And he said, it was interesting, he kind of, and it, we were really act, reacting to the All-Star thing and how to play after you make the All-Star. And he said, in a lot of ways, yes. Like, there are just new things still all the time. New pressures, new shoe deal, new expectations, being, an, how do I play now that I'm an All-Star? New things he's experiencing on a regular basis. Yeah. How could he not, David? How could he not? We, we put him, he, he was beyond his years when he joined this franchise as a rookie, and he still amazes me he handles things at, at this level. But you're spot on because those who have that experience and understand the pressure uh, of what LeBron and Kobe, the late Kobe Bryant uh, did, uh, MJ and uh, the Malones and Stocktons of the world, years of experience plays a huge factor in this equation. And I think, again, we think Donovan has just made the adjustment so naturally, so easily, and he and he shares his time with people and autographs, et cetera. No, that takes a toll on anyone at that level, that age. And you have to grow in, in my opinion, to that next level. He's not quite there, but I guarantee you he will be. And he's and he's lost a little bit of which I knew, we knew he would. I, I mean, I've talked to him about this a lot. I saw Ken Griffey. I covered Ken Griffey Jr. and watched it. Like Ken Griffey Jr. lost a little bit of that kid to him, right? Remember Ken Griffey Jr. Ha- had on backwards, no. like the oh, yeah. joyousness to playing. And then I was literally sitting him with him one day when all of a sudden he was mfing the roof because the roof was opening at Safeco Field and it was harder to hit home runs. And here was the best player in the world bothered by that, right? Like it was like, oh my gosh, you've like it's gone. I'll never forget that experience with him. Donovan hasn't lost it. He still has the sincerity and the truthfulness to of who he is, but there's a little less of the bubbly zest. It's there's pressure now. Like pressure changes things, right? It does. Absolutely. Pressure also equals more need for focus and to almost kind of um maybe hide away a little bit more your feelings and because you become more the, the maturity of it and the, and then you start to get smart to know what you have to do to get through this. And so you, you kind of build a little wall. Some are much thicker than others. I'm not sure Donovan's will ever be that thick because I think just naturally he's a very good person who uh, adores his fan base and also likes to reach out and make people feel good. Others could care less and the wall is, is tall and thick. Donovan, though, you make a great point, is growing up before our eyes, and that is just a natural progression that happens with young athletes. Craig Bullerjack's with us. We'll get to the third item, which I think has led to kind of the funky feeling around uh, everything other than just Twitter, but uh, we'll get to that one as we continue. Locked on Jazz, trying to be with you each and every day still, keeping that community together, giving you that sports release. It's Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, Blake and the Murdoch family are uh, here for you as members of this community. They've been in Utah for 80 years, uh, selling cars, doing uh, community service, being involved in the community, and they are here today as well. They'll be having more going on uh, in the upcoming days uh, to support the community and do all sorts of things. Uh, But if you are, uh, when it's time to get back in the car, uh, market, if you're not in it right now, 
seriously consider Hyundai. I'm driving the Hyundai Palisade. All the features are amazing. Uh, the lane assist basically self-drives. Uh, the s- safety cruise control keeps me the appropriate distance away. The automatic braking. The notification if I try to change lanes and there's someone there. All of these various things are separate Hyundai plus great cars and all great money for the price. The Murdochs have been a part of Utah for 80 90 years now, Murdoch Hyundai is located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Check it out. If you got some time, look it out right now. The Elantra is 0% for 72 months. They've got their uh, remarkable deal they have for you where you're uh, three years free maintenance on all 2020 vehicles. So uh, take the time, do your little, do your research. If you have some time right now, if you're working out of the house, you probably have a little bit more time to do that. Uh, and check it out. Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. The third one to our conversation is the transformation from being an offensive team to a defensive team. And I think we don't get it. I think it's strange for us. I don't get it. But if you go back to the day we added Jordan Clarkson, we're the number one rated offense, and our defense is ranked in that time period 18th. And if you go back to us last year for the entire season, we uh, – give me one second. I need to reset filters. Uh, if you go to us last year for the entire season, I believe we were the 14th ranked offense and the number two ranked defense. Pretty similar, right? Like we transformed who we are, but and our result is similar. And I think that's just I think that's been frustrating for some fans. They didn't think it would be similar. Um, but it's at least interesting to me. I think that's been part of the issue. Well, let's start with the change that the Jazz front office decided to do because and I mean, we haven't talked about this one as much, David, but let me just throw this out and, and I want to I feel like I want to interview you for a second because the the thing about the 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 offensive output that we saw in the West was an issue last year. The inability to stay stay up with the Houston Rockets from three point land. Well, the Jazz fixed that, right? But I think fans have to remember to get there, they also had to sacrifice some, and that was Jay Crowder and and Derek Favors, who had some attitude on defense, rebounding both offensive and defensively, and the Jazz lost that. And then I think depended on Gobert, in my opinion, 
to carry a, a, a much heavier load, which, again, when you're a two-time defensive player of the year, I think you know he, he felt like he could probably handle even, even more. But he misses the phase, the Jazz do. They miss the Crowder attitude at times. But then again, Tony Bradley was is young and growing and still trying to find his way as well. That's part of this equation too. Is that the Jazz are still a very young team in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways. So uh, what they did was, yeah, your numbers prove it. They went from a defensive-minded club to an offensive team that led the league up until last week. If I'm not mistaken, they barely dropped just by a, not even a, a quarter of a percent to number two in three-point shooting. And that, I think that, again, that excited everybody that this team could shoot with the best in the West. But in reality, they lost the edge on defense as well. And they've been trying to find that combination throughout the entire season. Craig Bolajak with us. We'll continue these interviews and these things of that nature. I, 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 you know, the thing is, I, I am so much more comfortable going into the playoffs if we get there with a great offensive team and an average defensive team than I was last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got killed in town. I don't know if people remember this, but like I, I like you, you go into the playoffs with a great defensive team and an average offensive team, as great as your defensive team might be, your offense can't catch up. Right. So I'm watching the Lakers Clippers, which is a concept of watching an NBA game on that Sunday game before this all happens. They were both great. Like I'm watching that game. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, they are great. We got no chance. And then I pause for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, we do. We get hot, right? Like, we get hot from three for three out of four games, and they have a bad night. And and one of our three out of four nights is, or maybe the bad night's game seven in their building when they're tight, and they got a lot of pressure on them. Maybe we could get them because we can shoot with them. Because we can score them, but we couldn't have got them last year when we couldn't score them. So I actually, if you're going to transform, this is a far better place to be, and frankly, is a far better place to be moving forward than where we were. I, I, I in the, what what the league is now with five out, and the fact that everyone is trying to take advantage of Gobert's size, you're spot on. Three ball, uh, the ability to run, speed, uh, breaking down defenses, transition. It's it's very important. It's what Quinn and the rest of the coaches have said all along over the last couple of years is I want players that really aren't numbered. If you're, if you're a basketball player, you're not a four, you're not a three, you're not a two. You can play at all. You're multiple. You can play multiple positions. Isn't that what Donovan can do? Joe can do that as well. Uh, I think once the big five guys, you know, Rudy – is is one of the exceptions right now in this league, you know? And it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here if the league goes even smaller, David. I don't know. I, you still have to play defense, or do you? It, it, you know, it, it's a game where I think fans want to see scoring, but also I think they still want to see the game played, as Mr. Naismith thought in some ways, and that's team ball, play some D, body up, but – we're watching a trans- transformation, I think, right before our eyes in the NBA where the three ball is, is dominating, and the Jazz had to make those adjustments, and they did in the offseason. But you're right. They gave up some defense to be a better offensive team who could run and score with the better teams, the high-level team, the echelon teams in this league, especially in the West. And, you know, the Jazz are just, like, looking right there. I mean, it's, I think it goes still back. I'm still a guy of consistency. I think there's talent on paper. That's a dangerous thing, by the way, talent on paper. But I think we both kind of thought, wow, this is a hell of a team on paper. And now translate it to the floor. And I think we've seen glimpses 
of greatness. And I think that's probably what frustrates again is the fact that if they can just be more consistent and hit those shots. And as you said, in a game five, a game seven, can you actually shoot with them? I think they can. It's just a matter of it's going to be on a night that everybody's on or if you're going to have to, you know, have Donovan or Bogey carry the load. So uh, interesting. I, wish, I hope we can play this out so we can figure it out. It's so interesting. Our whole conversation is about the frustration. We're 41 and 23. I know. I know it. And so I wonder something? if this actually goes back to the first question I asked you, which is this is actually really based on just the world we live in, right? That you finish a game and I, what do I always yell at you, Craig? Get off Twitter. <laughs> yeah, get off Twitter. Like you're like I yeah, can't social believe media. Greg, get off. I think you're spot on. I think you know I what? think this there's whole a... conversation. I think is what you just said. Social media expectations, and you know what? We all fall into it. National, local, whatever it may be, and the fact that this team, who does not make a lot of major moves, by the way, made one and actually electrified the fan base, and I think also the national media the so-called pundits of, of know-all, and everyone followed. And don't you feel that way? And I think you just made a great point. We're 41 wins. We're, the Jazz are number four in the West. They would open up at home if the playoffs actually would occur right. tonight. Right. Home court, the three teams ahead of us are all great, and our two of them are within a game or two. Yeah. On a year where, you know, we – we haven't had a, we've had Mike Conley injuries. We haven't had a lot of others. Uh, Denver's got hit with some injuries along the way, and um, and the Clippers are great. Like we knew the Lakers and Clippers were great. Like I don't know, it's great. All right, so then we're coming back next segment or tomorrow's show. We're gonna do all the things we're most happy about with the Jazz. It's coming, Craig and I. Happy Craig and I on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Jazz. <laughs> Here coming up. Make sure you're rejecting the screen. Still putting out great episodes. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast. Rejecting the screen. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.